Hey, Coach. That's so flattering and hardly true. No, it's so true. You are the star. Your, show, your name's in the show title. How amazing is that? It is incredible. There's Who would have thought? There's an editing mistake for sure, <laughs> no doubt about it. At this point in the show is when we usually look back on the games you just played uh, since we last met. And it's brought to you by the highlights and stats are brought to you by Intermountain Healthcare. But since we last had a show, uh, no games were played. Yes. So now we have to ask you, what did you guys do for the last week? Well, we've done a lot, actually. Uh, we had a spectacular day today. So as the athletic department, we got to hear from uh, Dr. Derwin Gray, uh, former BYU great and now pastor of one of the largest, fastest growing churches in all of South Carolina. And, um, and kind of we had, we had actually as a team had a, a Zoom call with him over the summer, kind of trying to like verbalize some social justice issues and try and kind of wrap our minds around um, how we thought and what we thought and how we could communicate. And, and then to have him here in person with his wife was, was truly one of the most spectacular um, people that we've had address our athletic department and our team then later in the day in a long time. And um, he's got him and his, and, and his wife have such a magical way of taking ridiculously complicated, partisan, emotion-charged issues and like bringing them straight back to the gospel where nothing's dumbed down, but you understand it way more profoundly. And so, I mean, I could go on, but that was just today. It's been, uh, it's been like every day is, it's been a, a great day for us here at BYU Basketball. Yeah, the Grays have been making the rounds on campus today. They'll be around again tomorrow. They'll have a, uh, an appearance on Sports Nation uh, tomorrow. And, uh, you know, from someone who got to know Dewey a little bit as a player, a great player, and on to play in the NFL, of course, and keep that influence alive for many, many years now uh, has been something truly inspirational to see. So, um, I mean, I can go on. So one of the things that we did, uh, you know, this week from Thursday post-practice, we had a long practice Thursday and post-practice, we um, started kind of working on some guys' LinkedIn pages as a team. We did it. And then... um, Saturday, we kind of took a second shot at it, just kind of starting to have our guys jump into like post-basketball career stuff, uh, just reaching out to people. And one of the things we talked about was that our guys are doing something truly remarkable right now in their lives by being student athletes and performing the way, way they are on the court. And many of them are going to have great professional careers for a long time. And then what we had talked about was how After that's all done, after they set the ball down, hopefully they're actually going to do the best things they've ever done in their life after when they start their next phase of life. And there's no greater example of that than Dewey because he did amazing things here at BYU, had a terrific NFL career, and all of that absolutely pales in comparison to the impact he's having on the world right now. It's exactly the dream trajectory you want from from every athlete. And so he's a great he's a great example for our guys. What about BYU's uh, on-court basketball development during this last week with no games to play? Yeah, so we um uh you know, we had uh, as we talked about last week, we had a, a therapeutic uh long intense day of practice on last Tuesday. And then we took Wednesday off uh, to kind of heal bodies and then we had a really choice special Thursday, Friday, Saturday, where we just got to focus on us completely and um, try and refine some things and retool some things and refocus some other areas. You rarely get that in the course of a season. And, uh, and so I, I felt like our guys did an amazing job with that three-day kind of stretch working out. 
and we're in the middle of a good week right now, and obviously two huge uh, competitive games coming up on the road. When we did this show last week, we were still in the uh, in, in in the phase where there were possibilities that may or may not work out for last week or weekend. What can you tell us about what was, what was maybe cooking that didn't quite pan out? Yeah, it was uh, it was a. Um, it was a, a blitzkrieg of of possibilities that kind of came in and out and in and out and in and out really fast. Uh, Any names that you want to you know, throw yeah, out there? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know how appropriate that is, but we had a, a, a top 32 team um, back east that we thought we had if we could if we could organize a plane quick enough and get there, and then it just went sideways because of a of all things a weather issue that actually inhibited their testing protocol. Um, a game that we thought we had which was going to be a ridiculous turnaround and, and maybe have. And then um, we actually had a game uh, with a, you know, a top 10 team potentially um, on Saturday. And it just turned out that, the, that I, actually I probably backed out a little bit because it's just the turnaround was so fast. And I kind of fell into a spot where I'm like, hey, you know what? The, everything these guys have been through so far this year, I don't mind this pocket of three days. And there were... 20 other teams that we had conversations with um, in the mix. And at the end of the day, uh, you know, there's nothing that worked out exactly right for us in terms of where I felt like it was going to, where we could make it work. And, and I felt like it was going to put our team in a positive position. So um, it was, uh, it was like, you know, we, we, we did um, 20 minute preps for 20 teams over the course <laughs> of the last seven days and ended up just uh, focusing on us. This week, you know you've got games. And yes. so let's get to Know the Foe, presented by Qualtrics. As we, look, we look ahead to the week ahead with a BYU at Pacific and then LMU. First up, the Tigers, and what a game this was the first time around. I remember you were just coming off the Pepperdine game. This was your next game after losing the tough one at Pep, and this is what you got on the backside of it. Yeah, and it's, it's our league, and, you know, we talked about it. Pacific is a really, really talented team. They can space the floor with five guys that really shoot the three, especially their three, four, and five really, really shoot it. And um, they're tough and really physical. They take on the nature of, of their coach, Damon Stoudemire, who's a, a terrific, terrific, you know, all-time great uh, out of the University of Arizona and played for a long time in the, in the pros. And, uh, you know, we barely escaped in double overtime. It was a really exciting game, really, really hard-fought game, a game where fatigue started to play a part in the game because it went on. It was so competitive for a long time. And so we get to go run it back at their place. And, um, what they've done recently, you know, they, they uh, you know, had the Zags on their heels for 30 minutes at their place. And uh, they're a really, really good team, uh, really, really physical team uh, that's capable um, of really scoring well on the offensive end. And every night they're good on the defensive end. So great team. Having played the Zags twice already, as you have, what they did against the Zags in the, ref- in the, the game you just mentioned, that says something, doesn't it? Yeah, it was really impressive. They, they really protected the ball. Uh, they got shots on every possession. They actually spread the floor. When there was chaos, they actually won those 50-50 balls, especially in the first half, and ended up earning themselves out of some chaos, some easy buckets. Uh, and they guarded really physically, and, and um, that's what they do. And that's uh, why you know, uh, they were so successful last year, and that's why they're, you know, they're right on the cusp of being really successful this year. They've, they've had maybe the toughest schedule so far of the games they've been able to play, maybe the toughest schedule so far in our league. So... Um, they're a really quality opponent, and, and uh, they're, they're, they're as good as anybody in this league. You know, mine is probably the Zags. What's the biggest learning point from your first game with them, the double over game? Yeah, so they're, they're really interesting. Um, you know, they're really they're, – they're satisfied to play a mid-range game, which very few teams in the country are right now. And so they're really effective that way. Um, I think their physicality 
maybe took us by surprise just a little bit. It was a huge learning point. Um, it's super important. And, and their defensive acumen, every game, you see it on film, but then when you feel it on the floor, they can really frustrate you at times. They can frustrate everybody, including the Zags, for 30 minutes. They can frustrate them uh, you know, with their defense, the way they approach it. So uh, a bunch of big challenges, a ton of respect for them, and we know we got our work cut out for us. So from Thursday night in Northern California to a Saturday noon game, in SoCal, you take on LMU for the only time you'll see them this year. Yeah, uh, again, a good team. They actually just beat Pacific in, in, in kind of a can't come down to the wire, come back from yeah. behind victory. Um, and they probably have uh, maybe the most versatile player in the league for the last two years, um, playing the point forward for them. Um, and he causes problems on all levels. Uh, I'm super excited about the game because... They're, uh, one of their assistant coaches, my former teammate from Kentucky, Allen Edwards, who just joined the staff, the new staff at LMU. And, uh, you know, they're playing great and, and uh, again, a really tough game. Of course, the head coach you see right there is someone that people in the Beehive State remember from his days as a player at Southern Utah, Stan Johnson. And you can see Stan's already got something going there. They, they've had some really nice wins already this year. Yeah, they do. You know, they're healthy. Um, you know, it was a little unfortunate for the former staff last year that, that, that they lost three starters to season-ending injuries. Those guys are back healthy, and I think Stan and the staff have brought some new life and new energy um, you know, uh, you'll see uh, they have their, their bench choreographed to be um, big-time cheerleaders throughout the entire game, and it's really effective, and they're playing hard and, and really competing, and, and they're really, really physical. How unique a player is Eli Scott? Oh, he's, he's unbelievable. He, um, you know, he's, he's actually shooting it a little bit better this year. Uh, he's, uh, he's a really, really physical player. Kind of an under-the-rim player, but really physical. Works out of the post, uh, like a lot of traditional undersized foremen. But he is maybe the best passer in our league. Uh, not full court in transition, but maybe in the half court. He might be the Lever. most talented passer in our league. So he's just so problematic because he's hard to handle one-on-one in the post. But when you second, send a second defender, it gets really complicated because he can pick you apart. He really has unbelievable vision and touch on his pass and speed and can find windows. Uh, he's shooting the ball from the three a little bit better this year. He's a real problem. Um, and he's got an unbelievable group complimenting him this year. And so they're a good team. Back-to-back road weekends in any league are always a grind. But you go from the, from the, the Thursday night to a Saturday early game. Yeah. So a quick turnaround with some travel. Yep. And it's, it's kind of our league right now. The, the whole league is a little bit crazy. Everybody's finally, you know, all these California teams are finally able to play. Yeah. Hopefully. <laughs> and so... It's a free-for-all right now. Okay, today the West Coast Conference announced a new metric to use for seeding in the conference tournament in a couple of weeks, given the difference in number of games played and strength of schedule across the league, top to bottom. So the, uh, the metric uh, developed by Ken Pomeroy in association with the league is called Adjusted Winning Percentage, AWP. And uh, here are the standings based on AWP today. And there will be a few more updates before the finals come out on the 28th. And you'll see the true record is on the right side. And you can see how Coach Pope, uh, a team with a 2-4 and four record, St. Mary's, has a top four seeding right now based on that weighting. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, you know, everyone is kind of flying by the seat of their pants trying to figure things out. I think it's, um, I think it's a little bit of a complicated notion. Um, instead of taking any of the metrics that we've had all season that all of us are shooting for, that the league is just going to create a metric, you know, two weeks before the, the tournament. But, you know, I think everyone's trying to do the best they can. And I think there's a lot of teams that look at that list and they're like, I don't understand what's going on. 
and we've never heard this before, and why are we getting this metric now after the season's been, you know, mostly fulfilled? But, you know, Danny Gavitt said it better than anybody else. Um, he's the vice president of the NCAA, and he's over, over men's basketball. And he said before the season, talking about uh, the, the um, NCAA tournament, he said, listen, it's not going to be fair there's just no way to make it fair. So we're just going to do the best we can. And the most important thing is that we actually play games. And so as long as you kind of keep yourself there, you can kind of like reduce some of the frustration. I know all the teams in the league might be feeling, but that's just the truth. At least we're playing games. We're so grateful to be playing games, and that's what's important. It's all Al Davis right now for BYU. Just win, baby. I yep, mean, you know if you, if you win, you'll take care of business. But what it is hard kind of to yeah. see is you can project and speculate, but you really don't know what a win is going to mean with, with the new metric. In the yeah. past, you could tell. Yep. Well, you know, We had this record. They had that record. Very simple. Right yep. now, a little bit of guesswork involved. And, that, and that's a little complicated. And furthermore, the, the algorithm's never going to be really explained. And so that's complicated also in the sense of, um, you're right, like it, it, you hope it's win out and you're fine, but yeah. you don't know if it's win out. You could win out and, and end up being the five seed in the, in, the, in the WCC tournament. So I think that's got everybody really unsettled because kind of like a, you know, we need to pull back the curtains on the league and find out exactly what's going on. But, um, you know, I do appreciate that people are doing the best they can. We're doing this show on a Tuesday night, and Tuesday nights are in play, by the way, in league right now. In fact, at the top of the hour, uh, LMU, the team you're playing Saturday, will be playing a game at Santa Clara. They've got a three-game week as we head down the stretch. All right, uh, more about the WCC tournament. John Canzano, who's a sportscaster and columnist in Portland, Oregon, uh, tweeted today uh, his words, Gonzaga and BYU are weighing whether they should opt out of the West Coast Conference basketball tournament, and he goes on to explain some of the rationale. Coach, your feelings about being in that group with Gonzaga among teams that are actually making this consideration right now, or said to be? Yeah, well, listen, I mean, I think, um, you know, I'm not going to speak for the Zags or anybody else. I do think that around the country you're having a lot of teams that are trying to, like, um, and they should be considering. A lot of teams are considering trying to find the best path, and they should be considering because this is unprecedented time. So this, these times don't actually require us to to do the status quo might not be the best answer in unprecedented times in a place we've never been before. And, you know, I'll, I'll just speak as a, as a fan of the Zags, for example. Um, you think this is a team that is clearly, clearly by every metric proven to be not, if not far and away the best team in the country, one of two teams in the country that have totally separated themselves from everybody else, just by every metric that we've ever used before and every evaluation that we can make on the season. And um, so, so, like, I understand the thought of, you know, we're, we're going to have to do a seven-day, the, the idea right now from the NCAA is we're going to do a seven-day testing period to qualify to actually go to the NCAA tournament. And from the Zags' perspective, they have one goal in mind right now, and they should. They deserve to have one goal in mind, and that's to win an NCAA championship. And, and um, so there's that weighing of, like, you know, what could actually get in the way of us having a real shot to do that right now? And I think it's legitimate for that to be considered. What the final answer is or our outcome is, I don't know what's right. We'll see what's right. I'm, I'm sure we have s- smart people dealing with it that will figure out what's right. But certainly you understand the question for sure. And um, these are questions that we need to consider. Right now, is your intent to take your team to Vegas for the tournament? Yeah, I mean, listen, 
My intent right now is to go play on Thursday, <laughs> although we've been this close to several yeah. games where we've actually flown out and the game hasn't happened. So the, the, that's the point of intent right now. It's, we're kind of taking this minute by minute. And that's why it's, it's a little bit silly for anybody to imagine they can set anything in stone right now. The teams that are stuck, like being stuck that way, I think have been less successful. We just It was important to us to have a big-time practice today. Our guys are studying and getting some great rest t- t- tonight, and then hopefully we're we roll into the gym and get to work out tomorrow. And that's kind of how you take the season right now. Absolutely. All right, let's uh, go inside the numbers presented by Mountain America Credit Union. BYU's resume now is the uh, numbers check for this week. And we're taking a look at where the Cougars were last week compared to this week. And not a ton of movement, a little bit positive, a little bit minus one or spot, uh, one spot or two. Essentially, Coach, in that same vicinity, uh, a solid tournament team right now. Uh, everybody's got you in. Uh, you know, barring something you know, borderline catastrophic from a basketball sense, uh, you win a couple games this week, you're going to be in even better shape. It's really, it's really fantastic, isn't it? Because if, if, as we watch these go throughout the course of the season, we've had this wide variation in all the metrics of our numbers. Anyway, coming from, together now. From like the high 60s to the, to the you know, low 20s, right? And now to have all of those consolidated within six points of each other, all five of them, is actually comforting. Right, it's actually comforting. I hope that a lot of teams are saying this, seeing the same picture, where they're seeing kind of this coalescing of their team evaluation, so so that all the things fit together and it kind of makes sense, right? And so I, I like that. I appreciate that. Yeah, BYU's last NCAA tournament team, you were a part of that team. Do you know what a tournament team is? Yep. Does this year's team kind of fit the bill for you? Though? Yeah, absolutely. We have a chance. We absolutely have a chance. Um, you know, we have some things that are hard to quantify. Uh, we have depth. We have length, uh, especially in the backcourt. We have the ability to rebound the ball, and we have the ability to guard. We're a top 35 defensive team right now. And so um, those things, I think, are the hallmark of teams that actually have a chance to not just get in the tournament to advance. Now, you know, all that's fine. We have to keep proving it. The most important thing is that we keep proving it, but certainly the ingredients are there to possibly make this happen. All right, great first segment. For your day-to-day Cougar Sports play-by-play, watch BYU Sports Nation with Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan weekdays, noon Eastern, on BYU TV and BYU Radio. And yes, indeed, Dewey, Derwin Gray, Dr. Derwin Gray, will join the program tomorrow. Later in tonight's show, a brand new Deep Blue with assistant coach Cody Feger. And we'll talk live with assistant coach Chris Burgess as well. This is BYU Basketball with Mark Pope. BYU Basketball with Mark Pope is brought to you by... Siegfried and Jensen, helping Utah families for over 30 years. Intermountain Healthcare, always here for you. Mountain America Credit Union, guiding you forward. Smith's, fresh for everyone. And by Deseret News. Cougar fans! I'm so excited right now. I'm not supposed to say it, but this is my first time reading off the teleprompter. So just stay tuned. Get ready for BYU Hoops and March with a chance to win one of five BYU basketball fan packs that include an autographed basketball, Roku, official team shirt, poster, a pool party in the Pope House, <laughs> maybe depending on who wins it, and more. Go to BYU sports, uh, BYUSN.com for details. The giveaway runs through February 24th. BYU broadcasting employees and relatives are ineligible. Oh! Yeah. Wow. 
Welcome back to uh, BYU Basketball with Mark Pope, presented by Siegfried and Jensen. Should I just walk the iPad over to you, let, the, let, let, let you take the rest of the show at I'll this point? You, first of all, I'm, 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 so I never paid attention to the name of the show until you just made that comment. We should do something like BYU Basketball with Pope and Rubes. I'm not opposed Doesn't to that. Doesn't that sound good? Jeremy, let's get the graphics just working on that, see what comes out, just mock up something maybe. Okay. Well, we can do like if I shave my head all the way down, it'd be two BYU basketball with two bald guys, two beautiful bald heads. Here's your broadcast schedule this week, by the way. Both games on BYU Radio. I'll be doing those, and uh, they'll be on uh, CBS Sports Network for the television. Some people like to sync up, turn down the TV, listen to the radio. Eh, I get it. All right, uh, there are the games at Pacific Thursday, eight Eastern, and LMU Saturday, three Eastern. Two big road games for BYU in the WCC. Well, the BYU basketball program is indeed on pace for a return to the NCAA tournament for the first time since 2015. On the coaching staff that season were two members of the current staff, Coach Pope, of course, and Cody Feger. Coach Pope's return to Provo meant Coach Feger coming back to BYU, too. And in tonight's Deep Blue, we follow a coaching journey that has become a true family affair, presented by America First Credit Union. I was the guy that's done every single job that there has been. I've done tickets, I've done travel, I've done every single part of college basketball. And then I've just kind of built myself up from there. You know, he worked under Rick Majerus, and anybody that knows Coach Majerus knows how demanding that position is. And he did it as a manager. From the first day I met him, you, you could see how hard of a worker he was to become a coach. Of all the qualities that Cody has, his integrity is, is beyond reproach. He's all in. That guy puts his heart and soul into coaching and making the team just a better program. He cares about the players. If you ask any, any of the players on the team, they know how much that he loves them and cares for them and spends time for them. He can get on them. He can joke with them. He can challenge them. He can push them. And they trust him and they like being around him. I can tell he actually cares about you as a, as a person. And he'll sit down and just talk to you. I mean, he won't even be about basketball sometimes. He, just wants to see how you're doing. And, and stuff like that really just shows that, like, okay, it's bigger than basketball. I mean, they don't really care about me just because I can help them win games. Like, they care about me as, as a person. And, and Coach Figure is a perfect example of that. He knows what each guy needs, and he is able to get that out of each of those players. He's able to know what to do in order for that player to respond and execute the way that he believes that player can, can play. You know, I told her my goal was to be a college coach at the end of the day and, you know, that we'd be traveling a ton and it would be hard on family sometimes just with how much I'd be gone. And, and I'm going to break here and say that, no, he did not warn me <laughs> of any of these things. I was very I new to, to the sports world and I had no idea what I was getting into. I did know a little bit because he was gone all the time, but... I really enjoyed spending time with him and I got to hear about his passion and he had such a passion for basketball right from the get-go and a passion for all the players and the coaches and the things he was learning and he made really good friendships and relationships right away. So it was really fun to see. Whenever you talk about Coach Figure, you got to start with his wife, Danielle, who is so extraordinary and really keeps him in check. Cody walks through the halls of the Marriott Center and the Annex and has all this respect from everybody. But I think he goes home and Danielle puts him in his place, which is really a gift. And then his children, Izzy and Drew and, and Anna, 
Uh, his newborn, they spend a lot of time in and out of the office, and they're fantastic. And the way that his family has been a part of this program is really exciting. Anna was supposed to be born in early November. Oh, yeah, good job. I was taking a recruiting trip. Thought no big deal of it. We were going to be back because usually every time she's had a baby, it's been normally like right around the date or right after. The recruiting trip was October 23rd and uh, left early in the morning. I turn on my phone and then I get a text from Danielle saying, hey, just a heads up, I'm going to the hospital right now. Obviously, my panic starts to set in. It was all happening in the middle of the night, and I have the two other kids at home, so I was lucky that I have a friend who lived close by who was willing to come help. And then I get on my second flight from New York to Salt Lake, and I'm just, you know, hoping the whole time everything's fine and nothing's going to happen until I got there. <laughs> well, I was about 30 minutes after Anna was born, and so Danielle was great with it. <laughs> To me, I'm sure she has other insight for you, but she's a trooper. She's tough as nails. <laughs> it's all very unknown territory for me. So I just, I want him to be happy and I want him to reach his goals and I'll help him however I can to get there. <laughs> My goal is to be a head coach in college, going to camps as a young kid and then you know, starting out with Coach Majerus at Utah, just the wins or losses or the relationships with players, competition, being with the team, all that stuff. It's something that, you know, I look, really look forward to, and I love the game of basketball. You know, he, he looks like a college student. He's already been working at so many different colleges. He's had quite the career already. Yeah, it's a, I mean, he, is, he has paid his dues in every possible way and been successful everywhere he's gone. Uh, he's, a, he's a special talent, special human being. How great is it to kind of get, I mean, we live in this world, so you and I know this, but, but um, just to kind of get the tiniest sense of, of how you have to function as a family um, to kind of manage uh, some of the challenges you face in the athletics profession. And, and uh, he is, I mean, I'm telling you, he's, he's, he's born to do this, and he's, he's made such a massive impact on BYU basketball as an operations director and now as an assistant coach. And um, everything that was on there is, is just, it's exactly who he is. You know, you think about what a tremendous uh, contribution Jake Toulson made to this university. And Jake came here because of Cody. And um, and I took a head job because of Cody, and Alex Barcelo is flourishing because of Cody, and Brandon Averett, and go down the list, and uh, it's 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 awesome to see these, I mean, these young guys um, just kind of move up the ladder and take every responsibility and just crush it, and then there's so much gratitude as you can imagine from from Leanne and I. Um, because they're the ones that make us successful. Cody is making us successful. He's been doing it for a long time. So he will be a head coach soon, and he's going to um, he's going to, he's going to just crush it. And, and uh, he, in the meantime, while he's here, we can sure be grateful to have him and his whole family. Yeah, so where's the fine line there? Because he wants to be a head coach. You want him to be a head coach, but you want him to be a part of this as well for how important he is. Yeah. So the balance between getting into that next step and, and keeping a really important piece of the puzzle yeah. here in place. Yeah, but there's no balance. I mean... Um, the reason Cody is going to become a great head coach is because he's every ounce of his effort. I have to bring it up to him. 
right? He is so dialed into this team and doing his job the best he possibly can that, that, that you know, I, I almost have to bring things up to him. Be like, hey, you know, listen, I know it's deep in his passion, but he, when I talked about his integrity and his loyalty, it's pure, right? And so he is, he is 100% committed here. And the day, if it's tomorrow that he gets his chance to be a head coach, there's going to be zero um, complicated feelings. I'm going to be so happy for him, and I'm going to be so proud, probably unfairly, and I'm going to be so terrified because I'm going to have to play him, and that's going to be really, really hard because he's going to put together a great program. Well, it's great to see um, what you, you know what lies ahead for him. Yes. Great things are ahead for him. But yes. in the meantime, uh, you know, I just I hope he stays here as long as he's happy. Yep. Let's awesome. enjoy, enjoy him while we have him. I mean, that's yeah. just the truth. Like, we're so blessed to have him here at BYU. And if we get him for another day, we're really, really blessed. And then when he moves on, he's always going to have this BYU blue in his blood. Like, this place has been really special to him and his family, and, and he's been really special to us. Packer green, BYU blue. That's the way it goes. A little Wolverine green, too, in there, so. Maybe some Utah red. All right. The ninth-ranked gymnastics team welcoming Boise State and Air Force to the Smithfield House Friday. That's 9 Eastern on BYU TV. After this break, your questions for the coach from social media. And Chris Burgess will join the show. This is BYU Basketball with Mark Pope. Basketball with Mark Pope is brought to you by... Siegfried and Jensen, helping Utah families for over 30 years. America First Credit Union, we're here to help. The BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Zion's Bank, we haven't forgotten who keeps us in business. And by Qualtrics. Programming note, double-double machine, Lauren Gustin and the women's basketball team have a big game with number 16, Gonzaga, Thursday night, 8 Eastern on the BYU TV app. Then Saturday, Cougs hosting Portland on BYU TV at 4 Eastern. Time now to check in on our Cougars in the pros, presented by Deseret News. Brandon Davies near a double-double in the Copa del Rey out in Barcelona. TJ Haas, his pro high of 21 points with six rebounds, playing for his team in Poland, Eric Mika. 11 points for his team in Serbia. Yoli Childs, again, uh, a balanced score sheet for the Erie Bayhawks in the G League. Uh, Jake Toulson sadly suffering a season-ending right foot injury. Uh, he was playing for the Salt Lake City Stars, waived uh, by the Stars on Sunday, Coach. Yeah, it's just so, it's just so brutal. I mean, this, this game can be unforgiving sometimes, and it gives you setbacks. And, then, and the one thing we know about Jake is he is the master of overcoming setbacks. And so, you know, he's going to have a long, uh, successful, exciting professional career. But this, one, this one's a tough hit. So what do you know about, uh, about the injury, how bad it's going to be? In yeah, so uh, it's, it's just a stress fracture in his foot, and so we're hoping that it'll be really quick. Mm. We're hoping it'll be quick. and I mean, it's not going to be anything that has any long-term consequence to his basketball career at all, but just to miss, you know, he's been waiting so long to get these three weeks in the bubble yeah. and then to be gone the first game, I know he's just he's devastating for him. But like I said, uh, he is, he is an inspiration to all of us in terms of how to deal with adversity, and he's done it over and over, and so he's a vet. Like, he knows how to do it, and... He will this time too, and then did you mention that Brandy's Davies won a championship? Did, did they actually take it? Take the yes. Copa del Rey? Yeah. So I I don't know exactly. They, they they I just saw a bunch of social media posts with him winning a championship. It had to be the Copa del Rey then. Yeah. I would hope so. Except Otherwise, Brandy's yeah. just making it up. Yeah, I don't think that's the case. <laughs> and <laughs> it's it's awesome to watch these guys because what they're doing is not easy either. Like it's so hard. Um, 
you know, TJ Haas has a career high. And I know that a couple weeks ago there was some shakiness with like, man, is this working? Is this fitting out? And like these guys do, man, they just respond in beautiful fashion. So congratulations to all those guys for their success. All right. Cougar Q&A now presented by Zions Bank. We haven't forgotten who keeps us in business. And tonight we are on cam with Cameron Pearson. Like the first thing I heard about Cam was that he's genius. He is a genius on and off the floor. Cam Pearson's the smartest dude on the team. He's probably the smartest guy I've ever met. He's a genius. Cam is one of the smartest dude, both on and off the floor. He's the smartest guy on the team. He's wicked smart. I think he's doing like seven majors or something. Probably the smartest kid on our team. Uh, the dude is in the finance program here at BYU, and I think he's still rolling with uh, straight A's. He just is all about the right things. I mean, he works so hard. One of the most down-to-earth guys I've met. Never, ever heard Cam Pearson complain about anything. He knows what he needs to get done, and he gets it done. He doesn't procrastinate. Knows who he is and doesn't compromise that for anyone or any circumstance. Cam is probably the best walk-on that I've ever played with. Uh, you know, out there during practice, we have our gold squad, which is our scout team. Uh, which most of the time is our walk-ons and a couple of our GAs. Uh, and Cam just consistently gets buckets. Cameron's one of the unsung heroes of our team. He works really hard every single day. He almost gets no love, no like acknowledgement, but I love how hard he works and how hard he contributes to the team. The hardest work on, uh, walk-on I've seen in my college experiences. He gets knocked down, he gets right back up. He doesn't complain, he just works super hard. He pushes me to be better. He inspires me, honestly, because he just works so hard. So what does the coach have to say about Cam? Uh, uh, well, first of all, I mean, how, how, you think about that. That's like the respect he's garnered from his teammates is really remarkable. And, and that's just a tribute to how special he is. Um, you know, he's unbelievable on the court. He's never missed a rep ever. Uh, you know, he, he's, he challenges our guys in every single way. Um, and I, I'm not saying this lightly, you know, Greg, because you're at practices and you feel this, like there's no chance we have the success we had last year or the success we're having this year without Cam. There's, there's no chance. People might shake their heads that don't understand, but I'm telling you, there's no chance that we have the success we've had without his contribution to this team. And he is the smartest dude maybe I've ever met. I told, if I told you this, so I walked into the study hall room one time. We have a, a lounge off of the offices. And I walked in there, and Cam is listening. Did I tell you this? Cam's listening to a, a recorded um, a lecture, and he's listening to it at one point. Wait, one and a half speed? <laughs> 1.5 speed. So he's listening to it faster than normal. It's his organic chemistry lecture. I took O Cam. Like, I was going at, like, 0.2 speed and rewinding it over and over again. He's, like, working on his finance and just listening to his OCAM lecture with one ear and taking it in at, at, at double-time speed. He's, he's amazing. As one of the guys said, he's wicked smart. Wicked. Yeah. All right. Uh, from Cougar Q&A to social media Q&A for Coach Pope, now presented by Smith's Fresh for Everyone. First question coming our way uh, is about uh, your thoughts or BYU's thoughts on adding games during this crazy COVID season. Uh, he said, we kind of alluded to it earlier, but you had chances to play some teams during these last days off. What happened with the chances? We kind of hit it. They just didn't come together, right? Yeah, and I, I do think it's just we're in this weird pocket right now where we're, you know, we're two and a half weeks from Selection Sunday. And so, so I think our guys have earned the right for us to be smart about it, right? And, and that's complicated because, as we saw today, we don't even know the metrics we're being judged by right now. And so, um, you know, we're excited to play and find the right games and figure it out. And 
Okay, specifics then. Question two. Are, is BYU willing to set up a date with San Francisco next Monday or Tuesday? I'd say Monday's out of the mix because you don't practice Sunday and you're on the road Saturday. So let's say next Tuesday. You've got an open date next Tuesday. USF would be open next Tuesday. You have a date with USF that you didn't get in. What are the chances of that game or any other game next week? I think, I think there's a chance. I know the league is working on, on uh, postulating some things. Um, we'll see. I mean, I think, I think for me my biggest concern right now is, like, what is going to be the best avenue for us to actually – be in the NCAA tournament and 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 be there in a seed that is is positive for us. Right now, we're projected as an eight seed. You know, it's it's not easy to find games that are actually going to help us um, move up. That's the challenge, right? Um, and and there's a lot of there's 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 going to be maybe who knows what'll happen, but there may be several games we can play. But but it's just right now, it's you know we're so close. I think it's a matter of like what's going to help us help our team function right, what's going to help us metric-wise, what's going to help us health-wise, and I think all those things are the biggest considerations. You know you've got three games, but beyond that, we don't know much else because, as you said, nothing's set in stone at this point. Yeah, even, even a WCC tournament is like it's a, it, everything's a moving target. And like I said, you know, we've been in the situation on Tuesdays having the show so many times where we're talking about a Thursday game, and then it comes Thursday morning, and then the game gets shut down. So it's just, you know, it's a work in progress. We're, we're kind of recalculating Everything, every single day. We actually, I actually have my GAs giving me a full update on our conference, everybody's league standings, everyone's next games and the games they played and the potential total games, as well as other leagues in the country. It hap- we're doing it, we're reviewing it every single day and just trying to figure it out. Okay, promo time. On the latest BYU Sports Nation right now, a President's Day celebration of Valentine's cards and fastest times in the world involving BYU. Watch on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram or YouTube. Coming up next, assistant coach Chris Burgess joins the show, and we ask the weekly question again. What happened? This is BYU Basketball with Mark Pope. All-American Davide Gardini and the BYU men's volleyball team ranked number one and hosting number 10, Grand Canyon, Thursday on the BYU TV app and Saturday on BYU TV. Welcome back to BYU Basketball with Mark Pope, presented by Siegfried and Jensen. Well, BYU is this season one of the best two-point field goal percentage teams in the country, which puts the Cougs squarely in our next guest's wheelhouse as we welcome in live assistant coach Chris Burgess joining us here tonight. Coach Burgess, come in, please. Hey, Chris, how you doing? I'm doing well. How are you guys doing? Doing very well. It looks like uh, he's uh, he's over in the annex, right in the main lobby area. Main Birds, we got to turn off the basketball lights, man. We can't see your your beautiful face. <laughs> <laughs> They're just that just the logo behind you. He's well backlit. Oh, uh, there you go. Better. There yes. you go. Coach Burgess, uh, thanks Sorry. for coming on. We appreciate it. Uh, first up, uh, let's get right to this. Uh, the staff evolution yeah. in year two. Uh, does year two feel any different as a group together than uh, than the rookie season? Um, great question. So I've obviously been working with coach Vieger, coach, uh, coach Bobby and coach Pope, um, six year now, and then adding coach Robinson, um, working with him now a year and a half. I feel like the, I feel like we're, we're, we've, we're about the same as last year. We're just growing as a staff. We're understanding each other more and more. Um, I think we've added, you know, two new GAs. Um, Keegan's been with another year, but I would say the evolution is growing as we're getting better um, and we're learning each other every single day, even though we've been around each other um, anywhere from two to six years. How about Coach Pope from year one to year six as a colleague? 
great, great boss to work with. He's always trying to um, push us, right? His assistants. He's always trying to uh, make us better and, and put things on our on our on our desk that's gonna make us feel overwhelmed. So we're always trying to get better um, so that we can you know grow as a team. Um, this off season, especially during COVID, you know, he really challenged us to um, kind of come up with new ideas on offense, offense side of the ball and the defense side of the ball. So um, it was a great challenge. And we, we studied a lot of different teams um, that are great. Let's just say, for example, um, Texas Tech, right? They're really good defensively and they, they, they force sideline, baseline all game long. And so we did a deep dive and a study into them as assistants. And then we came back and kind of presented it to coach. Um, and this year we've actually implemented some of the stuff that they do as far as to keep the ball on the sideline as much as you can keep the ball out of the middle. And so th- those were, those, that was a way we tried to grow this off season with the personnel we knew we had coming in. We're going to throw up the, uh, the coach Pope versus coach Bur- Burgess side by side here. Uh-oh. Uh, Mark, uh, we'll have you weigh in on this one. Uh, back in the day, <laughs> back in the heyday college prime days, uh, who's winning this particular one-on-one battle? Do you think between these two dominant bigs? Yeah, it is not even close. I mean, Coach Burgess was yeah, the right. number one, the number one recruited athlete out of all the high school basketball. I was just a <laughs> schmuck down the street. Yeah, right. I don't know. I, obviously, we didn't really pass the ball very much. We were looking for ourselves and just one to point eight assists, but <laughs> we knew we knew when we got in the game. We knew our jobs, and it looks like we had a similar similar production out there. But the main thing I think is. Coach Pope's probably going to win, so he's got a national championship, and I got a runner-up. <laughs> well, no, there's one reason I'm going to win, and that's because – so, Burge knows this. So, you know, um, uh, on, on rare occasion, I get myself in trouble in practice, and so I actually have to run. I have to run sprints. <laughs> and so, on one given day, I had to run a sprint, and one of my sisters has got himself in trouble, and so we both had to run a sprint together. And clearly, in a million years, there's no way I can win the sprint. But that particular assistant, which was not Coach Burgess, because um, Coach Burgess never gets himself in trouble, uh, <laughs> that, that particular assistant just kind of came up with a, a hammy at the end oh. of the sprint so I could win and so that he could retain his job. It was magical. Yeah. <laughs> what are the kind of things, Coach Burgess, what are the kind of things that might get Coach Pope in trouble in practice? I don't know. Something uh, there, rules, there's, um, Something <laughs> rules, maybe. Yeah, that's right. I, I don't know. You, you, you'll have to, you'll have to ask coach. So you know how, you know how Coach Burgess kind of started through when you asked about like, well, what about Coach Pope's progression? Yeah. And so that's the thing with year two of the program, because all the assistants are at the point now where they're like, if we could just get this dude out of the way, we would find him so much better. It actually happens on actually every successful staff. That's the way it happens. And um, the other frustration that, that coaches have is they do all this legwork during the summer, and then Coach Burgess knows this intimately. Like, I'm pretty resistant to f- wholesale change, and so these guys have to come in and fight every single day to kind of make changes. And Burge has been unbelievable. Um, you know, one of the things that he gifts me with uh, as a head coach is, you know, these guys do all this legwork on scouts, on our personnel development, on our offensive and defensive schemes, on our recruiting. And, um, and it's really a gift to have a coach like Coach Burgess that's so competent that he'll stand his ground when we have a conversation. When I start asking him questions and challenging him, he'll be like, no, coach, trust me, this is exactly the way we need to go with this. And, um, and, and I know he's 
thoroughly done his homework and done deep dives. And, and most often it turns out to be the right answer. And that's a real, real gift. It's, it's one of the many, many contributions he makes to the staff. Coach Burgess, uh, maybe 20 quick seconds on the development of the bigs yeah. that uh, BYU's seen this year. Well, um, I knew it was gonna, I knew we were getting to this coming season with Richard, ha- Richard Harward, Matt Harms, Kobe Lee, Caleb Lohner. So I think they've done a good job of, you know, ducking in, sealing their guy, attacking the, attacking the glass on both sides of the floor, being patient in the post, trusting the pass out. Um, it's been fun watching their development. We recruited Matt Harms, showing him his numbers at Purdue. And if you look at his numbers right now from an analytical standpoint, everything we kind of talked about him, whether ball screen roll in the post, they've all gone up. There's still games to be played um, so that, you know, it makes you feel good as a coach that you're, you're, you know, you're backing up what you recruited him, right? Uh, with the things you told him on his recruiting visit, how it will help his game. I've uh, been super proud of those guys just with their physicality and their ruggedness um, game to game. And they love playing. Like, even though, you know, Matt and Richard kind of sub for each other, they're each other's biggest fans, right? They're coaching it up. I had Richard in my office today talking about, I need you to lift Matt today in practice. I want you to focus on lifting Matt today to be more physical right? To, to to demand the ball in the post, right? If you see something, say something to them, right? We need, we need you to lift them up. And, and that's what you get with older veteran guys where, you know, Richard's coming off the bench for him, but he's Matt's biggest fan, right? And the same, I can say the same for Matt picking up Caleb every day uh, and, and the same for Big Kolb, right? And so uh, I'm very blessed to be able to have such a unique group, big group, and, and they sometimes, uh, most of the time, make me look um, better than I am. Um, but I love coaching them. I love the, I love the energy to bring every single day. And, and they, they have a ton, ton of room to grow as well. Coach Burgess, thank you so much for the contributions tonight on this show and with the staff. And we'll see you in Stockton. Absolutely. We'll see you, Rubes. All right. Job, thanks Burgess. a lot. That's Chris Burgess. Number 12, BYU Women's Volleyball versus LMU going on right now in the Smith Fieldhouse on the BYU TV, uh, on BYU TV. The two play again tomorrow on BYU TV at 9 Eastern as well. As we go to break, here's this week's trivia question presented by the BYU Store, who's BYU's career field goal percentage leader. The answer next. Trivia time, who's BYU's career field goal percentage leader. He got him made a lot of shots. These are big-time players. Alan Taylor from back in the day, almost 58% for his career. All right, we've reached the end of the show, which means it's time to ask those always ever-popular two words in a question with a question mark at the end. Coach Pope, those words are? What happened? What happened? What happened? All right, so uh, we can't really look at a lot of games for BYU last week, so we're, we're going elsewhere. It was Valentine's weekend. These are the BYU Valentines that, uh, that, that, were, that were created, all piggybacking off of Cougar Hoopsters' names. I love it. Harm's way. Forget about it. Excellent. High-quality content right there. How about this? With the Gideon George Deep Blue feature, 80,000-plus views on social media. Yep. Never had a story like this. You think about the impact that these young men can have representing BYU, Gideon George being one of many. It just is extraordinary. I mean, national media now has jumped on this story, first of all, because these Deep Blues are so spectacular at actually telling the story, and Gideon George is an incredible human being. Okay, last week on this show, you asked a question. Let's see if we can uh, roll the videotape. Coach Pope was, uh, was curious during our Connor Harding interview about something. Hey, next time, well, we, next time we have you on the show, can we have, Jared, can we have some football highlights? Connor's the quarterback. <laughs> I, I, I have never seen, i never seen the highlights. We got to run that out, man. Let's go. And let's go. We got highlights from Highland High School, Connor Harding, Chuck and the Rock. Look at that touch. That is so fantastic. 
So Connor Ooh. can clearly throw it, and, and it shows up at times on the basketball floor as well, right? Yes, yes, this is a huge play. It was a big play. <laughs> unbelievable pass, unbelievable reception. Julian Edelman! Questionable play call. <laughs> Otherwise fantastic. <laughs> so there it is. From a gridiron to hardwoods. And uh, earlier in this show, you asked a question about your show graphic, which is a great graphic. BYU Basketball with Mark Pope. You are the star. It is your show. I, I'm just a conduit. And, and yet you said, let's do a new well, Look at this. This happened during the show. First of all, how good is Jerem Jordan and the whole staff? Amazing. Like, I love trying to throw challenges away. They never fail. And I kind of like it. It's got some juice. Well, it, it's going to be with us for at least a minute on the show. I mean, I'm not sure if it's back next it's week, but it works for tonight. So you'll ask and you shall receive, my friend. I love it. Hey, That's the way go. it goes. All right, great show. Uh, we'll talk to you next Tuesday, 8.30 Eastern. For Chris Burgess and for the head coach, Mark Pope, I'm Rubes. I'm Greg Grubel. This has been BYU Basketball with Mark Pope. Let's go Cougs at Pacific and LMU. We'll talk to you next week. Have a great week. Hi, I'm Ned Siegfried. It's great to see the Cougars back in action. We all know that basketball is a team sport, and no matter how talented a single player may be, he will not be successful unless he's surrounded by a strong team. The same is true if you've been injured in an accident. Trying to go up against the insurance company's team of adjusters and attorneys on your own will not likely result in a win. As Siegfried and Jensen, we can provide the teamwork you need on your case. Contact us at 631-3000.